Turning Point presents the Jeremiah Study Bible. Jumpstart your Bible study with more than 8,000 study notes from Dr. Jeremiah to help you discover what the Bible says, what it means, and what it means for you. Available in the New King James and New International versions in standard or large print, as well as the English Standard Version in standard print. For more details or to order your copy, go to davidjeremiah.ca slash jsb. If you've been reading through Daniel during our series, you've no doubt encountered portions that were hard to understand. Well, you're not alone. Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah explains that even Daniel himself didn't understand everything he wrote. But the day is coming when it will be clear for all to understand. Listen as David introduces his message, The Last Word from Daniel. Well, this is uh, putting um, a period behind all that we have been doing for these last several weeks. Really important information, so uh, don't turn away just because it's the last chapter. We have today and tomorrow, and uh, we'll finish up our discussion of the book of Daniel in the proper way. Let me tell you again that there are three study guides on the book of Daniel that we have created. These study guides are about 140 pages in length. They give you the the condensed version of what's in every chapter. And then there are outlines and there are questions and there are verses to look up and applications to make. These are, are done uh, with personal and group questions and leaders guide in the front of each one. We'd like to encourage you to take the book of Daniel, uh, be on yourself and get some friends together and well, just decide to study it. Meet once a week, get everybody the study guides, and maybe the book of the handwriting on the wall, which we created to go along with this. If you're going to be the facilitator, you get the CD so you can listen again and be ready to answer the questions, and you will have a great time studying the book of Daniel. I don't have time to tell you this again. This is my last little pitch, if you will, for you to use the Daniel materials that we have created. But I hope you will do it. I know that it will bring blessing to your life and encourage those who study with you. Don't forget, this is almost the last hour for me to tell you about the last hour. The last hour is our resource for the month of April. It's a book by Amir Sarfati, who is an Israeli insider, a biblical student who grew up in Jerusalem and now looks at the Old and New Testament scriptures through his Jewish eyes, helping us to understand how this all comes down to those who live in the city itself. You don't want to miss the opportunity to get this very unique book. I treasure it. I wrote the foreword for it, and I want you to have it. It's yours for a gift of any size uh, during the final days of this month. As you send the gift, ask for your copy of The Last Hour. Please take time today to remember Turning Point and uh, the responsibility that we have to share the Word of God around the world. Thank you for helping us with your generous gift. Well, it's time for us to get into this lesson now. This is the last word from Daniel. This is kind of like a postscript, if you will. And I think you will understand that as we get started. Many weeks ago, when we began to study this book, I shared with you at the beginning of the series that the purpose of the book of Daniel needs to be clearly kept in mind throughout. That what Daniel is trying to teach us by this Old Testament prophecy is that God is in control. 
that he is on the throne, that nothing happens in the way of accident before God. The scripture teaches that there is a God in heaven and that he is on the throne and that kingdoms may rise and fall. Babylon comes and goes. The Medes come and go. The Persians come and go. But the kingdom of God continues to abide throughout. And that while we look at the scene on this world and we see chaos everywhere and we see wars and rumors of wars and sometimes we wonder if the whole thing is out of kilter and perhaps even if it's gotten away from God, Daniel would say to us as he's been saying consistently throughout every chapter, God is still in charge and he is on the throne and he will continue to rule in a sovereign way until the kingdoms of this world become the kingdoms of our God. I really believe that what Daniel would have us understand, having completed the study of his prophecy, is this, that we have a great God. He is the God of gods. He is the King of heaven, and he ruleth in the kingdoms of men. There is a God in heaven, says Daniel, and he ruleth in the kingdoms of men. Throughout the book, we have seen it. From the beginning of the captivity of the people of the Jewish city, with Daniel and his hostages when they were at the age of 14, all the way through the demise of Nebuchadnezzar and Belshazzar and Darius and Cyrus. Through it all we see God's in charge. It looks at sometimes in the book as if bad things are happening and that the wicked are winning, but we just keep studying and in a few chapters we discover that God has been in charge all along and that he has had his hand upon the scene of this world. I really believe that if we gain nothing else from this book than a settled assurance that we have a sovereign God, it will have been well worth our time spent. We need to have a prophetic perspective on life. If we do not, we will get caught up in all of the craziness that goes on in the evangelical world today, trying to do the thing that God says he alone can do trying to get the kingdoms of this world in our hands and manipulate them our way. And God is in charge, and that's what he wants us to know. And I really believe that one of the things that God used in the life of Daniel to keep him stabilized throughout all of the changes he watched in his life was a clear understanding of the sovereignty of God and the fact that God rules in the kingdoms of men. That's what Daniel wants us to know. But you know, it's not just in Babylon. It's not just in the Medo-Persian Empire. It's not just in the Grecian Empire, which Daniel looked forward to, and the Roman Empire, which he foretold. Not just in the Egyptian and the Syrian kingdom, but God is teaching us now in these end chapters that God is also in charge of that kingdom when the Antichrist will be upon this earth, that he will be ruling and reigning among men. God is still in charge at that time. And he will superintend and watch over until ultimately the reign of that evil man has come to a conclusion. And when God's time is finished, not one day too long or one day too soon, God will ring down the curtain on the program of Satan and his kingdom will be brought in. And that's what he's telling us in the 10th through the 12th chapter in the great vision, the last vision that God gave to Daniel. In the 4th through the 13th verse, the last word from Daniel. I think it would be helpful by way of introduction to these few verses to realize that Daniel confesses twice in this section of Scripture that there's a whole lot that God's been teaching him that he doesn't understand. Now, I don't know if that helps you, but that sure makes me feel better. There's some things in this book I've wrestled with that I don't understand yet. 
And maybe I never will. But, you know, Daniel says that he heard what God said and he didn't understand it. Someone has said, blessed is the man who understands not and is not afraid to confess it. (laughs) I just discovered something that kind of thrilled me. And I don't want to be irreverent when I say it. But, you know, Daniel didn't understand this book as well as we do. Now, hear me. That's not heresy. I really believe Daniel had a less perfect understanding of the prophecies he wrote than you and I have today. Let me tell you why. He didn't have the Olivet Discourse from the lips of our Lord, where the Lord interprets much of this section that we've studied. How many times have we gone back and forth from Matthew to Daniel, from Matthew to Daniel? Secondly, he didn't have John's writing in the book of Revelation. Anybody who knows anything about theology knows when you go to school and to seminary, you often take a course in Daniel and Revelation because they're hand and glove together. And it's so difficult to know what Daniel is talking about if you can't put in the information that's in the book of Revelation. And we have all that. Daniel had some of the prophets, but he didn't have all of them. We have all the major prophets, all the minor prophets. We have our Lord's words in Matthew, the book of Revelation, and we have Daniel. And from that perspective, hey, we got a much better opportunity to understand this book than Daniel had. And yet there's still much of it we do not understand. Sometimes when we study the Bible, we get depressed if we can't comprehend everything. But you know, in the book of 1 Peter, and I'd just like for you to turn over there by way of encouragement to your own soul, not just for this study, but for future studies as well. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 10 through 12, we read some interesting words. 1 Peter 1, 10 to 12. It says, and I believe this is a description of a prophet like Daniel. It says, of this salvation, the prophets have inquired and searched diligently who prophesied of the grace that would come to you, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ who was in them was indicating when he testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. To them it was revealed that not to themselves, but to us, They were ministering the things which now have been reported to you through those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Things which the angels desire to look into. Now what is he saying? He's saying that when the prophets of old wrote the scriptures that bear their names, that a lot of times when they wrote that stuff down, they didn't understand what they were writing. They would write under the inspiration of God. I've had people ask me this. Do you think that every word that was written in here was understood by the one who wrote it? Absolutely not. This verse of scripture says that the prophets studied their own writings to try to figure out what they meant. They did know that it had something to do with the future. They knew that it had something to do with another time, not their generation, but the time in the future. But they desired to look into the things they wrote to understand them. And then the scripture adds, even the angels wish they knew. You know, folks, we're in pretty good company when we say there's some things we don't know. The angels... The Old Testament prophets who wrote this. And Peter said about Paul that he wrote some things that he couldn't grasp. Some really tough things to understand. It's good to know that having spent all this time studying this book, and we have somewhat of a grasp of it, that there's still much we don't know. And we don't have to feel depressed about that as long as our lack of knowledge is not the result of indolence and laziness on our part. The hidden things belong unto God, and there's much that we will never know. That's the mystery of prophecy. Well, we come to the fourth verse of the 12th chapter, and we notice, first of all, the prophetic seal. Here the Lord is speaking to Daniel, but you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge 
shall increase. Now that's a strange word for Daniel, having been with him all these days and spent all this time getting this information in a book, in a scroll, and when he gets all the way to the end of it, God just says to him, now Daniel, shut it up and seal it till the end of time. And I think if I were Daniel and I heard that at face value, I'd say, Lord, you mean I've gone through all this work and I've written all this stuff down, I've recorded it all, now you're telling me I'm supposed to put a seal on it and nobody's allowed to read it? I mean, nobody writes a book for no one to read. That's not exactly what the Lord had in mind. He was saying, Daniel, close up the book until the time of the end. Now, folks, when is the time of the end? Let's make sure we understand that. Go back in chapter 11, verse 35, where we see that phrase mentioned. And some of those of understanding shall fall to refine them, purge them, and make them white until, here's the phrase, the time of the end, because it is still appointed. Notice verse 40. At the time of the end, the king of the south shall attack him. What is that? That's the great tribulation period. We've already studied that. The phrase, the time of the end, is a reference to the end of the tribulation period. Now, God says to Daniel in chapter 12 and verse 4, shut up the words of this book. Put the seal on them until the end of the tribulation period. And what God is saying is two things. Number one, Daniel, there's no more information coming. That's it. You've got it all. I'm not telling you anymore. You've had the last word from me. It's all over. I don't have anything else I want you to write. Put the period at the end of the book. Secondly, Daniel, make sure the book is preserved because it's going to come into great meaning at a time in the future. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. He says, preserve the prophecy for another time. Now, we've talked about the fact that Daniel did not completely understand this book, and I hope no one's here who feels like we have now come to a perfect understanding of it. But you know what the Bible says? There's coming a period in time when the understanding of the book of Daniel will be even greater than it is now with all the Bible scholars and students we have. When is that time? In the time of the Great Tribulation. The Bible teaches us that at that particular time, this book is going to come alive as it never has before. Notice what it says. It says, until the time of the end, during that time, many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. Now, just hold your place there for a moment. I've heard some great prophetic sermons on that phrase that go along this line. In the end times, you're going to know it's the end time when there's a great increase in knowledge. And in my mind's eye, I see a chart with a little bit of knowledge here for the first several hundred years of civilization and then it keeps growing and you've probably heard all the statistics that in the last 40 years we have acquired more knowledge than the history of the world up until that time. Knowledge has increased. And then the last phrase says, many shall run to and fro. And the prophetic students like to say, that means that there's going to be an increase of transportation. The supersonic jets and all that will be able to move fast. And that's wonderful, except that's not what it means. And I just wiped out a whole section of prophecy for some of you folks. But let me tell you what it means. Wherever this is found in the Bible, in this setting, it's a phrase which describes the determination on the part of people to come to an understanding of a body of truth. It says here that in the time of the end, many are going to be running back and forth trying to understand what's going on, trying to figure out what's happening in their world. And they're going to be running all over the place trying to discover what's going on. And they're going to find ultimately the answer to those questions in this book we've been studying. In the great tribulation period, I'm convinced the number one bestseller is going to be the book of Daniel. 
because it's the only book I know of that has anything to say about what's going to be happening there. If you want to know what's going on and get some understanding of it, you're going to have to get Daniel's prophecy. And the scripture says that during this period of time we know is the tribulation, men are going to be running all over the place, searching out answers to why there's such great suffering and sorrow while the nations are against each other and while so much bloodshed is all over the world, they're going to be running everywhere trying to find the answers, searching back and forth, and they're going to come at last to this book, and then their knowledge will increase. Can you imagine... I don't even like to think about it. Can you imagine being in the tribulation period, thinking through the things we talked about from Revelation 6 through 19, when all of the judgments of God are being poured out upon this land, and you don't know very much about spiritual things, all of a sudden you're just in the midst of the worst time you ever heard of. You don't know anything about prophecy, you just walked into that. And I've been telling you that the tribulation period is not just more trouble than we've got now. The tribulation period is unlike anything you can imagine. More trouble than the world has ever known at any of its most horrible periods. And here's this innocent person who maybe doesn't know a great deal about the Word of God, a great deal about spiritual things, and they're cast into the midst of this, and they're trying to figure it all out. And the Scripture says they're running everywhere. Can someone tell me what's going on? Someone says, here, let me give you this book. This is the writing of an old sage by the name of Daniel. He might help. Can you imagine the motivation for studying the book of Daniel then? I'll tell you what, there are going to be some classes on Daniel in the tribulation like you never heard of in your life. And they are going to be able to understand the book of Daniel like we have not ever understood it. Because while they're reading it, it's going to be lived out right in front of them. I think that's what the Lord's telling Daniel. He's saying, shut up the book, seal it. At a time in the future, it's going to be understood And make sure that you keep it and preserve it, for there's going to be a day in the end when they run to and fro and they're trying to figure out what's going on. Now, let's go secondly to the prophetic sequence. That's the prophetic seal, verses 5 through 7. Then I, Daniel, looked, and there stood two others, one on this river bank and the other on that river bank. And one said to the man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the river, How long shall the fulfillment of these wonders be? And I heard the man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the river when he held up his right hand and his left hand to heaven and he swore by him who lives forever that it shall be for a time, times, and a half time. And when the power of the holy people has been completely shattered, all these things shall be finished. Now remember, when we began this section of scripture at the front end of chapter 10, Daniel is standing next to the Tigris River. Remember that? He's having this vision. He's standing there by the Tigris River. And this now takes us back to that vision. And Daniel says as he's standing there, he looks up, and on one side of the river is an angel. And on the other side of the river is another angel. And he looks, and again, there is the man clothed in linen who hovers over the river. Get that picture in your mind. An angel here and an angel here. And the man clothed in linen, who I personally believe now is the Son of God. He's hovering over the river. And Daniel says, as these two angels appear on the horizon, that the man clothed in linen is above the river and that the angels began to ask questions that probably Daniel wanted to ask, but they beat him to the punch. It says, I looked and there stood two others on this river bank, and one angel said to the man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the river, how long shall the fulfillment of these wonders be? Remember what I said that the angels desire to look into the prophetic scheme? Here's an evidence of it. They're asking questions. They don't understand. They don't have the prophecy charts we have. 
And they're trying to figure out how this all fits together. So one of the angels standing on one side of the bank of the river looks up to the Lord, this Old Testament Christophany, and he says, how long will it be until these things are fulfilled? And the question we have is what things? The things that relate to the great tribulation period. How long will these things go on? Now go back to chapter 10 and verse 5. I lifted my eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen, whose waist was girded with the gold of Euphaz. That's the same person who's hovering above the river. When we studied the 10th chapter, I was struggling with the identity of that man. But I've come to understand now that we're in the 12th chapter that it must be the Lord. For who else would the angels seek information from if they did not seek information from the Lord of glory? So here is an Old Testament picture of the Lord Jesus as the fountain of truth concerning the future. Who is the man clothed in linen? It must be Christ. And what is the question that he's asked? How long will it be for these wonders to transpire? The angels had a, if I could just say this for a moment, the angels had a vested interest in the answer to that question. You know what they're doing through all this time? They're in angelic warfare with the demons. And I think the angels are saying, how long are we going to have to go on with this? I mean, we'd like to get out. We'd like to be discharged. We're getting tired of fighting with the demons. Lord, how much longer is this thing going to go on? And so they're asking this question. Now, if you go back to the seventh chapter in verse 25, you're going to find out and remember that this has already been given by way of information. I just want to remind you of chapter 7, verse 25. And it says here, He shall speak pompous words against the Most High. He shall persecute the saints of the Most High and shall intend to change times and law. Then the saints shall be given into his hand. For how long? For a time and times and a half time. Now go back to chapter 12. Stay with me now. We won't get lost. The angel is asking the Lord, how long is this period of great tribulation going to go on? How long are you going to let this go on? And the Lord says, in answer to that question, verse 7, that it shall be for a time and times and a half a time. Now review with me for a moment. The time of the great tribulation begins in the middle part of the seven years. At the beginning of the last three and a half years, the great tribulation begins because of the covenant being broken with the Jewish people by the Antichrist. So the Lord is answering this question. How long is the great tribulation going to last? And here's his answer. It shall be for a time. That's one year. And times, that's plural, that's two years. One and two is three. And a half a time, how long is that? Three and a half years. God says to the angel, the great tribulation is going to last for three and a half years. That's exactly what he said back in the seventh chapter because he's consistent. Now notice. And when the power of the holy people has been completely shattered, all of these things shall be finished. What does that mean? The Lord said to the angel, the great tribulation is going to last for three and a half years. And during that time, the people of the Jews, their power is going to be shattered. They are going to be a decimated people. Two-thirds of the Jews are going to be wiped out. The rebellious, disobedient Jews who refuse to embrace the Lord Jesus as their Messiah are going to be destroyed. And when the tribulation period is ended, only one-third of the Jews alive at the end of the period. And that's why the scripture says, and so all Israel shall be saved, because the only ones left are those who have embraced the Messiah. Now, the Lord said to the angel, you want to know when will the fulfillment of these things be? Well, let me tell you. 
It's going to last for three and a half years, and it's going to go on until the holy people have been shattered and the holy place decimated. Hmm. We'll finish all this up tomorrow here on Turning Point. Friends, don't forget, we are now available on television every day uh, on Daystar, which is a national television network at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time, on the NRB network at uh, 9 a.m., at the Family Entertainment Television Network at 5.30 a.m., on the Cowboy Channel at 8 a.m., and on WLMB-TV 40, Toledo, at 8 p.m. every day. What you see are the teaching of the Word of God on television, different um, curricula, different subjects, but geared to encourage you and strengthen you in your walk with the Lord. Thank you so much for finding us if we're in your area and praying that we'll soon be there because we're expanding daily television even as we speak today. Well, tomorrow we finish up the book of Daniel. Tomorrow we talk about the last word from Daniel, and we talk about Daniel for the last time. We're also almost out of time to tell you about our resource, which is The Last Hour, an Israeli insider looking at the end times. This 200-page book was written by Amir Sarfati. He is a Jewish scholar, a friend of mine. I wrote the foreword. I want you to have the book. I know it will be a blessing to you. Ask for it when you send your gift today. We'll see you tomorrow. For more information on Dr. Jeremiah's series, The Handwriting on the Wall, please visit our website where we offer two free ways to help you stay connected, our monthly magazine Turning Points and our daily email devotional. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. Or call us at 800-946-4300. When you do, ask for your copy of Amir Safadi's book, The Last Hour, an Israeli insider looks at the end times. The book and a prayer for Israel bookmark are yours for a gift of any amount. You can also purchase the Jeremiah Study Bible in the English Standard Version and New International Version, as well as in standard or large print in the New King James. All in your choice of attractive cover options. Go to davidjeremiah.org radio for details. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow as we conclude The Handwriting on the Wall here on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. Take the young ones in your life on an unforgettable journey that will get them excited about the Word of God with Airship Genesis Legendary Bible Adventures from Turning Point. Tune in to our monthly audio adventures and join the Genesis Exploration Squad as they travel back in time to experience the stories of the Bible firsthand and discover life-changing lessons. Also available is the Airship Genesis Kids Study Bible, packed with the biblical content specifically written for kids from trusted Bible teacher Dr. David Jeremiah. You can also download our Airship Genesis mobile game on your favorite smart device and play as your favorite characters in this puzzle adventure game as the squad experiences the life of Jesus firsthand. Just go to your app store and type the keywords Airship Genesis. For more details or to order a copy of the Airship Genesis Kids Study Bible, visit our website at airshipgenesis.com slash Bible. That's airshipgenesis.com slash Bible. Have you ever wondered what your legacy will be? The Jeremiah Legacy Society from Turning Point 
was created for friends of the ministry who feel called to partner with Dr. David Jeremiah to deliver the unchanging Word of God to future generations. We can ensure that the impact we have reaches beyond our days here on earth. Visit our website at davidjeremiahgift.org to learn more about how you can be a part of the Jeremiah Legacy Society. If you've enjoyed today's program with Dr. David Jeremiah, you might be interested in hearing it again at your convenience. Stay connected to Turning Point by visiting our website at davidjeremiah.ca or by downloading our free Canadian mobile app. The app can be found by searching for Turning Point Canada on your smart device app store. Create an account and order digital resources from today's program with easy one-click checkout at davidjeremiah.ca.